The Neo Reality Entertainment brand expands with a relaunch of the Neo Reality Collective Pop Culture News Talk. Your host, Eric Brown, gives his insights and thoughts in the ever-expanding news world of comic books, professional wrestling, gaming, TV, and movies. Be sure to donate to the brand and keep up to date with additional content on YouTube channels such as Neo Reality Entertainment, NRE The Wrestleverse, and NRE Pop Culture Omniversa. Welcome, everyone. We're back again with the sixth episode of Neo Reality Collective. I'm your host, Eric Brown, of the Neo Reality Entertainment brand. And, and today we have the first half of this week's piece of news content coming out. Let's get right into everything and give our collective thoughts about it. Valheim de- developer advising players to back up data to avoid the evil world destroyer bug. So, the developer Iron Gate is advising all players to back up their world and characters as, as the evil world destroyer bug is still roaming free. Iron's Gate CEO Richard, I can't pronounce his last name, took to Twitter to share warning and let, let the Valheim players know that the developer has yet to reprodu- reproduce the bug even once meaning it's still impacting certain players, also noting that it seems to occur more often if you exit the game by 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 Alt-F4, so try to use the menu slash exit instead. He also notes that PC Ballheimer players aren't aware, worlds and characters are saved in the local data area of your username, and local low Iron Gate Valheim, Valheim section, and yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it's been pretty insane, it's... Yeah, so when I heard this, I was like, oh, God, like, like, and I'm like, this is an early access, so at least I can somewhat forgive them because this is still an early access product, but when you have a game like this, this could cripple your your game and potential sales if you still can't detect, so, yeah, it's gonna be see, it's gonna be interesting to see how they handle this, this from now till the end of all this, but we'll have to see how they progress on this. But yeah, I I'm, I don't really play that many early access games, and so I'm pretty much in the clear. So yeah, go me. Also, um, Avenger Endgame Avengers Endgame record for biggest opening weekend in one mar- in one market just got smashed, smashed by Detective Chinatown number three. Detective Chinatown number three had surpassed. Avengers Endgame is a North American opening by 357 million, whereas <clears throat> whereas the Chinese sale was 393 million, and so it was pretty insane to hear about this when I heard this. This was reported on THR and the box office gurus founder, and yeah, this beat Avengers Endgame, so. Please know that the Chinese market is still profitable for people, and they will use whatever they can to exploit it. But, yeah. It's pretty insane that that this happened, but we're but like I said, we're going to have to see where this goes down the road for the movie. If it beats Avengers Endgame's overall dominating box office sales like throughout its entire run, then I will be amazed. James Gunn is eager for fans to see the new take on Harley Quinn by Mag- by Margaret Robbie in the in the Suicide Squad. So, 
Yeah, we got Jared Leto having a new take in the Snyder Cut, and now we're going to have Harley Quinn's new take in The Suicide Squad. So, yeah. James Gunn wrote, It's hard to choose only one, but I can't wait for people to see where Margaret... Margot... I'm butchering names, sorry. Has gone with Harley. And Weasel is really something to behold. So, yeah. It's going to be interesting. I would like to see where they take their character, and especially how, you know, they they clear off, you know, how they get her back, because this is now being a soft reboot, but still part of the continuity of of the DCEU. But now it's like, okay, so where does this go here? How do we explain how certain characters aren't here anymore? And how do we fill in the void of the whole? How do we explain how Harley Quinn got captured again and put back in the put back in the loony bin for her to get hired by, well, you know, Amanda Waller and her totalitarian attitude? Also, uh, President Joe Biden apparently plays Mario Kart. Yeah. um... <laughs> Yeah, Kotaku reported in a story post published on Instagram by Joe Biden's granddaughter, Naomi Biden, the president can be seen playing Mario Kart GPGX at presidential retreat Camp David. In the post, Naomi Biden says that her granddad is a little rusty. So apparently he is new with, he has been aware of the franchise and has done pretty well on that. But yeah, it's going to be fairly interesting when, when that, when that comes out, but like, I'm like, okay, sure. The president has a job and whatnot, and I always am that guy when they're obvi- when they're not in the office. Like he's currently, like, what is he on some retreat right now or something? Being just to you know acclimate to everything. Whereas I'm sometimes wondering why are certain presidents like trying to be with the people when they are the highest power authority in the world. But yeah, that, that's probably just my opinion. Remedy had a record financial year without ever releasing a game. The latest financial report from Remedy for the 12 months ending December 31st, full year revenue is up by 30%, probably because of control. And, you know, the big upgrades they're doing with it when it comes out to the Xbox Series X and PS5. So, yeah, I'm not surprised by this since now they have charged it more since you had to pay another additional fee, essentially. I'm pretty sure Microsoft's not happy, but they're going to at least try to work with this. So, while the while the upgrades fee payments are probably annoying, DualSense controller is currently going undergoing a class action lawsuit. Uh... There's a lawsuit been filed by against Sony by a U.S. class la- a law firm has filed a class action lawsuit against Sony, alleging that the controller is defective due to drift. That Sony was aware of the problem without disclosing it. The suit calls Sony's conduct fraudulent, deceptive, and unlawful and unfair. And there has been investigations by various groups in the law firm. The firm has now formed a formally filed a class action lawsuit against the. For in the U.S. District Court of Southern District of New York, in documents provided by to IGN, the suit is filed on behalf of Plaintiff Turner. I can't pronounce Lemaire Turner, I think, and others similarly situated. And the names of the defendants are Stony Corporation of America and Sony Interactive Entertainment. To IGN's knowledge, this is the first such suit filed against Sony regarding DualSense. It may not well be the last. <laughs> oh man. 
The complaint describes the PS5 DualSense control defective as it contains a, de a defect that results in characters or gameplay moving on the screen without user command or manual operation of the joystick, known properly as controller drift. Further, the, comp the complaint alleges that Sony has all at all times relevant times has been aware of these problems with drift, though online consumer complaints complaints made by consumers directly to it and through its own pre-release testing. So... Yeah, the suit also alleges that Sony's options for the controller repair are too limited. When consumers experience the drift defect, the options for repair are slim. Reportedly, Sony PlayStation dedicated portal for issues used with PS5 hardware, including DualSense controllers experiencing a backlog, a backlog, and redirecting consumers to contact a customer service agent via the contact page for PS support. Customers are also experiencing long wait times and having to deal with a maze of pre-recorded phone problems well before finally speaking with an agent concerning repairs with a DualSense controller drift. The suit seeks a jury trial and monetary relief for damages suffered, declarative relief, and public injun injunctive relief. The documents point to, con to counts of breach of excess warranty, breach of implied warranty, of, of accountability, unjust enrichment, and violations of the Virginia Consumer Protection Act. The Virginia-based plaintiff uh, reportedly brought, bought their PS5 around February 5th and found that it was suffering from drift on the same day. Turner apparently then contacted Sony customer service and was told to reset the game and console but offered no further assistance. The issue not solved, Turner then brought, the second dual set, bought a second DualSense controller. Had plaintiff been aware of the defect prior to purchasing his PS5, he otherwise would not have purchased the PS5 or have been paid substantially less for it. Though... One interesting extra detail was pointed out. Turner admits to having agreed to Sony's term conditions when staying at the PS5, but reportedly sent a letter expressing an intent to opt out of any disputes with Sony, although through individual aberration, aberration, a separate SKND class action suit against Nintendo regarding controller drift was recently compiled to aberration before reaching the court. It may be that a similar move is impossible in the case. He's making it more likely to reach the requested jury trial. Aside from Turner's report, the documents show a number of examples of social media comments regarding PS5 Drift where players complained about Drift out of the box or within days of use. So the suit says there's no indication that Sony has developed a fix for the Drift in the dual sense. Rather than it appears to simply perform some sort of minor refer refurbishment and send the DualSense controller back to consumers still defective and susceptible to many manifestations of the drift defect in the future. So, yeah, thank God I did not buy a PS5. I'll wait till this whole thing's calmed down and, well, yeah. Bad times are ahead for Sony, aren't they? So, the Silent Hill creator teases upcoming horror game with a first look at concept art, and I looked at the concept art. It was royally, royally, royally creepy. Like, oh god. But yeah, uh, Toyama, um, no, wait, uh, let me see, I almost pronounced it like Toyama. Uh, giving fans a glimpse of it, saying this on Twitter, saying, uh, I'm coming back to my roots, for example, towards horror. However, rather than something deeply rooted into horror, I want to keep an entertainment note. While keeping elements from horror, I want the players to feel exhilarated when playing the game. So, we'll have to see what this horror-filled nightmare is going to be with the entertainment factor put in. But that's then, this is now, we'll have to see. 
Along with that, Metro Exodus is getting a next-gen enhanced edition announced for the for the new consoles and PC. So this will provide it as a free upgrade for all existing owners of Metro Exodus on the on the modern consoles. Was running at 4K and 60 frames per second, while the Xbox Series S will target 1080p and 60 frames per second. All versions will use ray trace lightning and global illumination across both the base game and DLC expansions. Textures will be rendered at 4K and loading times will be reduced. There will be a few platform specific features too, such as spiral spatial audio system for Xbox and haptic support for PS5 DualSense controller. The PC version meanwhile will require ray tracing compatible GPU as standard, as well as all enhancements seen in the console version. The PC upgrade has also advanced ray tracing reflections and also support for Nevada's DLSS 2.0 technology, since these changes mean it's fundamentally different from the original version, we will be added to your library as a new separate game. No specific dates have been announced for a release, but the PC version is slated for Spring 2021 and the console version is later this year. In addition, Exodus will be made available on, on Mac in March and on Linux and a little later earlier in the year. I played a little bit of Metro of the series. Um, I never really got into it like I thought I could. Maybe it's because the Xbox Game Pass thing sold out before I gave up on it essentially afterwards, but... Yeah, I was trying to get into it, but it didn't really progress as far as I could, as I could have gone, um, because I was doing so much stuff at the time, and I just needed to also open up some space on my on my console. And plus, I was like, eh, "It's Game Pass; it'll probably come back later." Joining them is Avengers Endgame's director, still addressing the Captain America time traveling debacle. Oh god! So they're now saying. Uh, uh, let's see, uh, um, God. so what they're saying here, which is a contradiction to so much, is now saying that, that now Captain America did in fact live out his days with, with Peggy Carter in an alternate branch of reality before traveling back to the main timeline to hand over his iconic shield. Okay, that now raises more questions for me than it actually provides answers, because if he did, does that mean in this alternate reality he only contributed to what most likely is the multiversal crisis that Secret Wars is about to bring upon them? In which case, thanks, Cap! And, yeah, the writers said, the directors have completely fought over this whole thing, say, oh no, this is Captain America, and he did travel back in time, so that person that you saw at the funeral of Peggy Carter in Captain America Civil War is in fact, possibly Steve Rogers of the past, f future, continuity, we broke time, okay, sorry. Now the directors are saying, oh no, uh, this is an alternate reality he lived in for the rest of his days. Not, nothing else. There was, that's nothing, there's no significance to it. He just went back into the future after he lived out his days and to, went to give Sam Wilson the shield. The shield. So, uh, yeah, problem solved, right? No. In which case, does that mean in this alternate reality he told the Avengers and the fact that, well, Bucky is frozen and told the Avengers of the future, which means that you can't make this work. If you did, you could somehow like, ah! it just raises too many questions. Yeah. 
<laughs> Meanwhile, Google State is to get more than 100 games this year in 2021. Does anyone even care anymore? Oh, man. I, 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 like, I keep forgetting School of Stadia's existed, and I've covered this on several occasions on this podcast. Uh, and I just forget that, oh, yeah, Google Stadia is a thing. Yeah, what happened? But moving, So let's move on from Google Stadia stuff. Uh, Tom Cruise's scheduling has been conflicted because now... Oh, planned in 2019 was going to be Mission Impossible 7 and 8 after 2019's Rogue Nation, where they were going to go ahead and shoot Mission Impossible 7 and 8 after Fallen, I believe. Um, <clears throat> they were going to film it back-to-back, and they were directing it back-to-back. However, now Tom Cruise's schedule has been conflicted, so that can't happen now, so they have to do it in the traditional way. Hey, and Deadline reported that he will now be needed to, on promotional duties for Paramount Pictures' Top Gun Maverick, which apparently cuts into the planned shooting times for Mission Impossible 8, which stars Cruise as well, which is set to release in theaters on July 2nd after COVID-related delays. So instead of rolling right into the production of Mission Impossible 8 following the end of Mission Impossible 7 Productions, Cruise will now instead be busy marketing the sequel to 1986's Top Gun following the run of promotional needs. Cruise and everyone else will begin production on Mission Impossible 8. It's also important to note that while UK tabloids reported over the weekend that Mission Impossible 7 has been disrupted by the pandemic-related travel issues, did I confirm that this was not in, not and not at all true? So yeah, schedules conflict. Man, is that me or does the Mission Impossible franchise seem to have a curse with scheduling conflicts? Like, <laughs> remember? Okay, so really look at it. Superman had a scheduling conflict, and we all know how that turned out. He got the the horrible CGI effect beard remove mustache removal, and then you got this scheduling conflict. Oh, and also it almost threatened his status in the, as the Henry Cavill's run as Superman, which okay that would have sucked. But moving on from that, but now you got this part here where it says. Oh, we can't do this now because uh, we can't shoot him back to back because Tom Cruise <clears throat> is busy doing other stuff. So, yeah. So, Six Days is said is not trying to make a political commentary about the Iraq War. Okay. So, this is what was said. They're trying to say that the Six Days is not trying to make a political commentary about the Iraqi war. But, um, yeah. This is what I keep hearing every time I say it. We're not trying to be political, even though this most likely will have political undertones. Like how, and Jim's turning point is that, where how in the Division 2, they say, if you don't have guns, you probably won't survive what happens in the Division 2. So, yeah, that was clearly a political statement. I have a came for Second Rights Amendment, yet then they turned around and said, oh no, it's not that, even though it clearly was. Because, you know, politics are icky, and I don't like it. So, yeah, they're kind of in a whole we-lose situation. Ah, uh, man. Assassin's Creed Valhalla is adding River Raid modes alongside game improvements in an upcoming title update. So, February 16th, we'll see the addition of a new River Raids game mode alongside a ton of game improvements, which came out on February 16th, involving the River Raids and 
mode is part of the Assassin's Creed Yule Season. It is a replayable mode that will take you to unexplored regions of England, uh, jolly old England, and will allow you and your your crew to rage to your heart's content. This new mode is just one of the part of this free update and will offer new loot, rewards, and challenges for those who can conquer it. These will include new abilities and skills that your character can acquire, and they are as follow. Ability Berserker Trap, Battle Cry, Shoulder, shoulder Bash, Assassin's Curry, Assassin's Slide, Power Stroke, Arrow Looter, Fight Ready, Longship Brace. Ace. Along with that, there will be a ton of other game improvements, balancing, and malicious stuff. <laughs> Graphics and audio animation. So... Quest up, quest upgrades and bug fixes, so that kind of stuff. Also, for those who were being excited for the upcoming Halloween Kills, uh, sorry to say this, everybody, it was due to it, which is due to launch on October fifteenth. May have to find a release on stream platforms if theaters remain closed for the foreseeable future. How tragic. John Harper came out and says that this could have to be released on streaming, which is something I'm pretty sure he didn't want to do, but he'll have to hope for the final Halloween to Halloween ends to make through the leap to streaming. Oh, never mind. I'm rereading the article. Carpenter said that Halloween kills in his sequel. Halloween ends might make the leap to streaming rather than have their releases postponed until theater doors are, un are unlocked. Yeah. Halloween may be shared that way because these theaters are dead. Because theaters are dead. It's just the reality right now is the tragedy, but it's true. We just have to face it. The studio did contact the di director, David, and I, and they had us put off a new one by a year in the hope that things will get better, so we're still hoping it will get better. Halloween Kills, which is the follow-up to 2018's Halloween, was initially shut up for 2020, but Universal purchased launched to 12, to 12 months in the wake of the COVID-19 pandemic. Movie series have to have had to adapt to the virus over the past year, which companies like Warner Bros. opting to simultaneously release in theaters and HBO Max releases for their movie slate. Yeah, so... Yeah, that that sucks. That that really sucks for uh, a lot of people. Um, but I like to see it in theaters. I understand people wanting to see it in theaters, but we got to fight this virus. We can't risk spreading it. We're currently in a quiet down period for it, but we need to be hyper vigilant essentially to go ahead and make sure it doesn't spike back up. Because if it spikes back up, we're right back where we started, except probably in a much worse state. And I'm pretty sure it's not po it's possible because uh, I'm pretty sure those people out in Florida are probably waiting for that opportunity to strike when the when they least expect it. Okay, so Saira Wilson has come out and said, "I'm going to post this now because I see that I'm going to get a lot of requests." Yes, Ryan Johnson's Star Wars trilogy is still on. No dates or timeline because he has other projects going on, but it is happening. So yeah, that trilogy he was going to work on, which would be set in a totally different setting in Star Wars. Yeah, that's still going on. I... Considering everything that's happened with the sequel trilogy, not just Ryan Johnson, like I had disagreements with it. And what happened with Force Awakens being a, let's play it safe. But I was like, okay, let's play it safe, then ease, then ease everyone into the more risky stuff. Of, like, you know, phase people in to give them a sense of security, and then you screwed it up with bastardizing Luke's character to many people's eyes. So, and then Ryan, and then J.J. Abrams came back, and even though that was going to be a, 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it just really, really didn't help anyone with that going on. And honestly, I thought Colin's trill movie ending plan, Duel of the Fates... I look at that, I read the script a little bit, and I did read the concept art and what details I did get from it. It looks like it was going to be a mix of the two. It was going to still take risks, but also still have a safe environment with it. Like, it was going to take place on Coruscant, which everyone would be familiar with because it would remind them of the prequel trilogy. So they would show that the prequels were never abandoned by fans, even though Disney tried to abandon it, but that clearly failed miserably because we got Clone Wars back. And then... And then it was going to set off with Old Republic mentioning, which means that the Old Republic still existed to some people, that it may be altered, but it's still the Old Republic. Palpatine was not going to be the main villain. Kylo Ren was going to stay to the dark side till the very end. And we were going to get the final battle of Mortis, another Clone Wars era relic that we haven't seen in a long time. In fact, I assumed it was destroyed after the, after the three beings were killed. But, yeah. I would have loved to have seen that movie. I hope... Maybe, maybe they could petition, maybe I hope fans could convince Disney, hey, uh, can you make this movie? Like, it doesn't have to be canon, but it could be a big moneymaker if you did this, because people want to see this movie come to life. I think Star Wars Theory did a talk about it and was implying that, and was giving ideas to probably make an animation of it. But to be quite honest, I, I would love if they all came back, if they managed to convince all the people to come back and finish the movie off the way it should have, should have originally was planned to do. Ooh, but I get, and at the same time, you're like, I'm like they probably could retcon the, the episode 9, Rise of Skywalker, out of existence because I don't think they really, I don't think they ever really, I don't think there haven't been any stories taking place after that, so... Yeah, they could just do that. Or, you know, do the alternate reality stuff and multiverse stuff, but, you know, that's asking too much from Disney. It's not like they own a brand that has multiverse theory. Oh, wait. So, yeah. So, at this point, I just don't know. It's Rainbow Six Parasite is a placeholder title. Official name is coming soon. Soon. So, Ubisoft has confirmed that Rainbow Six Quarantine is being renamed by the title Rainbow Six Siege Parasites, the internal placeholder title. Well, the game's final name and new details will be shared, quote, soon, according to Ubisoft CEO. Recently saying that the previously announced Rainbow Six Quarantine could be renamed and a patch uploaded to the PlayStation Network seen to continue to show the new, its new name will be Rainbow Six Parasite. Hey. But that's the internal name, not the official name. We'll have to see where that goes. Uh, I don't play Rainbow Six Siege stuff. In fact, I, I Rainbow Six content, I tried. I just wasn't really interested in it. But, yeah. Marvel Studios has announced a series called Assemble, a new documentary series that was of specials that will start streaming exclusively on Disney Plus for March. The studio revealed that Assemble will take viewers behind the scenes of, of shows in the movies of the MCU, following filmmakers, cast, and crews, and Marvel heroes every step of the way. With the first episode series of The Making of the WandaVision, set to premiere on March 12th, one week after the final episode on March 5th. So, yeah. One division is doing pretty well for fans. They're still trying to get the idea of who's the big baddie. Some people say it's Mephisto, which means you gotta probably expect that he's gonna show up in Spider-Man and do something stupid. They're gonna one more day in, aren't they? 
Why? Why must we risk seeing one more day? We can't afford it to be re-life theatrical experience for Fireman 3. But it does seem like they're going to go more for the, uh, he's the devil so he's going to destroy everything and just do it for funsies. So, wait, does that mean the Eternals are going to have to bow Mephisto? Like, if they kill him, does that mean they kill all Mephistos and out the multiverse? Do it. <laughs> also in the news, that Microsoft's new wireless headset has been announced, and it turns out that that's been shown for a while now, except no one noticed. Yeah, that sounds about right. So, yeah, Reggie of Nintendo... Former president of Nintendo of America said Reggie said that he seriously knew the Nintendo Switch would be a success and that his comments in the hybrid console made it easier for him to retire. That? Okay. Uh, so, yeah, normally you would stay if something you predict a success, but okay. Also, Disney Cruella DeVille move, movie gets a new poster and an official trailer was released this this week. So that was pretty exciting. I am not interested in it because, well, I, I'm just not. It's being played by Emma Stone. So, yeah, you could make the joke that, yeah, that means she is, could be contractually obligated to show up in Spider-Man 3 insert coming tile here, home tile in, which means she could be Gwen Stacy again, which everyone would probably be up for. So, yeah, I, I, I haven't watched the trailer. I wasn't interested in it because I, I just really am not interested in having, if it's an origin story of the movie, if it is, I quit because why do we need an origin story for Cruella DeVille? Like, I was, I kind of just accepted that she's supposed to be a representation of greed and desires and materialistic possessions. We don't really need an origin story for that. Like, there are just people that just want to be bad people and cruelty and give in to greed and desires. It doesn't really have to be like, a, it was a tragic thing in their past that made them like this. Okay, like, I know there are people that go through tragedy that makes them kind of cruel, but, like, why are you trying to do it for everyone now? Like, are we really going to have to see a story where we're going to try and, quote, justify a, uh, <laughs> um, uh, the Hunchback of Notre Dame's main villain, Judge Frollo, to explain why he has such a hatred for the gypsies and, and why he suddenly has a lustful desire, even though it was only exploited in the movie, but, okay... Why not just have him say, because they don't want to say it's religious, it's religious extremism's fault, because that would be way too complicated for Disney to understand these days. Oh, Plus, I would have to probably take a shot of, of root punch and explain why my stance on religion has been warped because of religious extremism, because, oh god, I could go all day with that. So, anyways... Moving from spring 2021 to August 1st, what is Amazon's upcoming MMO, New World? They share the news and the development update, saying that one of the main reasons for the delay is to focus on the compelling endgame features they believe are important to include at launch. Polished combat system, added quest variety, expanded weapon armor variety, added fishing expanded to the map to include a new region. And so basically, they're just going back a little bit to the drawing board and just rebuilt and building new stuff up. Got it. <laughs> it kind of sounds simple when when you think about it, right? This kind of sounds simple. 
Coming out in March, around March 18th, we get our biggest DLC pack, Marvel's Avengers Hawkeye. Yay! So Hawkeye arrives on the same day as the, as the PS5 and Xbox Series X launches of the versions of the Avengers. So... <laughs> yeah, so Hawkeye is going to be in here, future, part of a story called Future Imperfect, and... I'm looking forward to that, but yeah, that, that's just my two cents on that. But like, I, I've enjoyed Avengers. I never finished the vanilla story. I need to catch up on that. But you'll be seeing me soon on that. Also, coming soon to HBO Max's Peach, Peacemaker uh, adds two new actors for James Gunn's spinoff series, uh, Allison Area and Lenny Jacobson. And who are on top of the other recent cast members in the December, which include the addition of I can't pronounce this person's name and I can't pronounce this person's name, name to increase more of the, and I don't know what exactly who exactly is involved, what characters they'll be playing, but they are part of this movie, I mean part of this TV series on HBO Max. But it's gonna be interesting. It premieres in twenty twenty one. Get ready for the insanity that comes out with that. And we're going into the world of comic books. Joining up with them is Grant Morrison. Is releasing the first original comic from him in the first for the first time in five years. Here's one of the things he's going to do is release a new comic. Like you already got Jeff Johns releasing an original co comic series. You got Scott Snyder's Noctera. You got Keanu Reeves's Berserker. And now the biggest writing stars are launching another new series with. With Grant Morrison, I believe, working on... Let's see, what's the name of the series? He's, uh... More, the Connection... All, uh, let's see. Um, man, I, keep try, I kept trying to find the name, but... um, Yeah, uh, I believe it's called... Wait, what is it called again? I, I, I can't find it now. Uh, yeah, uh... Yeah, Grand Wars has been busy with a lot of stuff and work and working about everything. Um, they tend to be very high concept stuff, and he's been working on TV and stuff. But it is gonna be interesting what this original comic's gonna be pretty much about. I need to. Ooh. Oh wait, uh, I think it's I think it's um, if I'm correct, yeah, Protector Valley Road, Proctor Valley Road, number one. Okay, so. Yeah, that's coming out. Sorry for that massive delay. I, got, I lost track of everything. But yeah, that's Grant Morrison's original comic. It just had its final order cut off. So get ready for all that insanity. I'm looking forward to it. It's Grant Morrison, so you know it's going to be bombastically insane. And now, DC Comics is reportedly going to get a buyout, potentially, with with from fans with lots and lots of money. That's a thing. So, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty insane that there might be actually be a possibility that fans are going to be buying out DC, and there have been reports coming around that, yeah, some other high-profile comic book people have been hearing that word going around. So, yeah. Other people hearing about it, saying, um, have said, like, I believe, um, some other people have been checking it out, and 
Yeah, this is part, even though DC Comics has been doing pretty well with its titles, it's more con- consolidated launch spatter, st- launch system. Um, they've been consolidating the publishing line and instead of bloating it to extreme proportions because that almost led to a complete collapse back in the 80s for them, I believe, after Crisis on Infinite Earths. But yeah, so I get the consolidated line. And while I will miss stories like Hawkeye, like Hawkeye, no, Hawkeye, why did I say Hawkeye? Sorry, man, I'm getting tongue-tied. I'm getting some messages from people. Oh, and my Twitter notification is blowing up as I'm reading this, and I just got confused. <laughs> but I was thinking Hawkman, that popular series that ended after 29 issues. I'm surprised they didn't try for 30, uh, for the 30th issue. But, yeah, and... Yeah, it is pretty exciting to see what's going to be coming up for the DC Universe in the wake of this. If they do get bought out by fans, there are some people who are worried about that and having mixed up thoughts about that. And I totally understand that because when you add fan perspective in, it starts to get... When it's the wrong type of fans, it's problematic. And plus, from what one fans wants to another one of fans wants, that's going to probably... Create conflicts of interest, so yeah, get get ready for that concern. Also, in the Marvel universe, Shang Chi is going to have going to return with a with, from a limited series to is going to get an ongoing series in in May. So after that series, um, he's going to have his own ongoing, which is you know going to tie into this whole upcoming movie that's coming out. So. Yeah, I, I'm excited for that movie. I want to see how it does. I've never read a Shang-Chi comic, so this will be my jumping on point. And if it does well, I'll probably check out the comics. But that ultimately depends on how the movie is for me, if I'll enjoy it. But since it's the MCU and has a big track record of not really screwing up much, uh, then probably Captain Marvel for me, mostly because it felt... Because even the director and writers admitted, it, uh, we never gave her a weakness, did we? Nope. Oh... Um, oh, uh, well, how could we have known? We never read the comics or something, <laughs> right? It's not like Carol Danvers in the comics had battling with alcoholism and everything. Oh, wait. So, yeah. Also coming out for Netflix is Dota Dragon's Blood, an anime series, and it got a release date and trailer and everything. It's going to be an eight-episode anime series and will release globally on March 25th. Handling the animation studio MIR, or the South Korean company responsible for The Legend of Korra, Voltron, The Legendary Defender, Kippo and the Age of the Wonder Beast, and Mortal Kombat Legends Scorpion's Revenge. Oh, man. The series will focus on several established Dota characters, including the Dragon Knight Davion and Moon Princess Minera. Davion, the warrior dedicated to wiping up the Scourge faction, encounters an ancient dragon race known as the Eldworms, and is eventually dragged into a greater conflict alongside the Moon Princess. Okay, we're going crazy in this. Okay, got it. So, Xbox developers can now get their get their games elevated for accessibility by Microsoft. So this is part of a new publishing thing they're doing with the accessibility guidelines. It needs to make their video games platform on on its platform more accessible. 
It's now giving them an overhauling. Developers send in their games to Microsoft itself for accessible feedback. In a blog post, they shared the changes to his guidelines kind of as a result of the years worth of feedback from game developers. Uh, yeah, the post is pretty long. Um, and I don't really want to waste time just reiterating everything. But yeah, it does. But one of the big details I did want to see was that it's involving like trying to see how it would be accessible for disability and all that. So we'll have to see how that works out. So let's get to the Snyder Cut of news. Warner Brothers has revealed that they originally wanted, they originally suggested to Zack Snyder that, hey, can you release the Snyder Cut the way it is right now? You know, not make us spend $70 million to clean up and polish it with editing and one photo additional photography, please? Yeah, they were originally pitching to Zack Snyder, hey, do you want to release that movie that we butchered because of because you left after your you know your your daughter passing away for tragedy? Uh yeah, uh can you release that movie for us unfinished if that would be best? I would probably have punched someone. <laughs> I mean come on. He wanted to they wanted to release an unfinished unpolish work print and publish it onto the HBO Max service instead of just spending a couple million dollars, a couple tens of millions of dollars, up to 70 million, just to finish editing and whatnot. And if they are if they were going to do with the limited series scope, they could have, they would have to film additional scenes just to make transitions more smoothly in order to go to end the episode on a cliffhanger or something. Like... <laughs> Oh man, it's so insane that they thought that was a great idea. <laughs> Along with uh, Zack Snyder, he's also been making more comments saying how he wants to see Ben Affleck's Batman take on Mangi to take on with Joe's Magdaleno O's Deathstroke on screen one day. So, yeah. uh... Yeah, considering the actor did confirm additional failing for the Snyder, he is also set to reprise his role as Batman, which will be in the Flash film, which is said to strongly rumored to feature multiple iterations of the Bat of Gotham, like Michael Keaton's Batman, which could bring the end of Ben Affleck's Batman. We'll have to see, but if they do consider changing their minds, like honestly, um, th th this came out later. Uh, uh, this. Um, <clears throat> Came out regarding the Flash. There was a there, a flash a set a movie set image came out and confirms that is actually filming the movie. And while there's not much details about it right now, we have there are now official official on set filming going on. So get ready for that, everyone. And especially considering he's the the actor playing him is going to need it after his little fiasco where he choked someone. Oh God. Also, on the MCU front, Eternals director was considered to direct the Black Widow movie, which would actually have been pretty interesting. He was one of the, the director was the, one of the early con Chloe Zhao was one of the early contenders to direct the Black Widow movie before Kate Shortland was hired to her for the Marvel movie. So Zhao is currently earning Oscar buzz for her indie festival favorite Nomad Nomadland, which stars Frances Mc McDormand. A frontrunner to win her third Best Actress Oscar for the movie. Although she didn't get the Black Widow directing job, she was instead hired to help Marvel's upcoming Cosmic Eternals movie. 
Yeah, that's going to be pretty awesome. I've been reading the Eternals comics. I'm going to probably have to get back on that when I go on my Pop Culture Omniverse channel. And Ray Fisher continues to stroke the flames as he reaffirms his Joss Whedon claims are still true. Um, yeah, that, that's probably big. Uh, yeah, considering what else came out regarding the onset for Buffy the Vampire, yeah, that probably doesn't help him, so something's probably going to be done about that eventually. So, yeah. But for those who were hoping that Zack Snyder's restoration of the Snyderverse of DC, he, he says that Warner Bros. has no interest in Justice League 2. At least from his Justice League 2. So, yeah, people have been now calling for the restoration of the Snyderverse. Just, you know, an elsewhere tale where they could finish off which could finish off Snyder's vision of the DC universe, what he had in mind, and the DCU can branch off to be its own thing, and Snyder can do his stuff. Like, you know, like the Dark Knight trilogy, where it's set in its own little universe when there's still a Man of Steel movie, another Batman running around. In fact, there was like three Batmans running around. You had the Young Justice Batman, I think, at the time, near the end game of, of the of Dark Knight trilogy. You had... I think movie appearances of Batman in the directed DVD, directed movie market, directed Blu-ray and DVD. Uh, yeah, let's just say this: they make too many Batman movies and stuff. So yeah, I would. I, so I get the feeling that Warner Bros. could could change its mind about this whole thing if they get a great reception, if they make enough money, if they make time, make all the money as they possibly can with this. And if they can, they can go ahead and probably give consideration to say, let's have Zack Snyder finish off his series with a Justice League 2. Because when you look at Justice League, Zack Snyder's Justice League that's coming out, I don't want to say this, and I know it's going to hurt people, but there is going to be one massively disappointing element to it, is that there are stuff in there that's set up to build to a Justice League 2 but if Warner Bros. is so adamant of not doing it, then we're getting built up for a movie that is never going to happen. The probable way to fix this would be if Zack Snyder was allowed to make a comic out of it, or at the very least, publish his script. If they're not content with the idea of, re of making him make the movie. Like, Ray Fisher said he will not come back to play Cyborg unless it's for Justice League 2. Because they had big, because Zack Snyder had a much bigger plan. Like he wanted him to be the heart of the Justice League series, and yeah, here's what I kept thinking every time when I look at the whole whole DCEU. They probably should have probably waited till they had all their eggs in eggs in the basket. They clearly didn't have a lot planned out with this. Obviously, I thought, like, the right choice should be, should be, like, they should start with Wonder Woman, or, or you could just start with the Justice Society, or Wonder Woman, or Wonder Woman starting up the Justice Society, being the inspiration, then you could start building up to Man of Steel, and I had a completely different mindset how the DCU should have done, but they probably should have thought more of this through, have scripts ready for it, have changes, have editors, have coming in, and, and if they wanted to have Zack Snyder make a Justice League movie or have anyone make separate out-of-continuity films, fine, that, that was perfectly all right. If they, Yeah, I get the feeling this whole shared universe thing was really DC never prepared itself for it, even though they're the experts in shared universe concepts. 
because they have a little comic book multiverse, now omniverse, going on. Pretty insane, isn't it? Meanwhile, as things go crazier, Jared Leto debunks the Suicide Squad belief rumor, the urban legend that he could have prevented it sooner, that he gave the actress who plays Harley Quinn a dead rat. Yeah, that, that was a thing. So, yeah. Jared Leto has now been given that chance to, you know, prove that he can work as a Joker in this in this reshoot in this obvi- in this new um, booked booked uh, ending for him in the nightmare scene, and he, and he does look a lot better. So we'll have to see where that goes. Also, the Mandalorian actress of Cara Dune it was was reportedly had negotiating a Mandalorian spinoff pay raise before her exit. She was set to be part of the cast of the Rangers of the New Republic reportedly. And yeah, there was going to be a Cara Dune spin-off because her character was that popular. But due to a series of controversial social media posts and everything, and her apparently being a bad employee, they were like, we have to get rid of her. And she was making $50,000, $60,000 an episode of The Mandalorian. So that was pretty, pretty big. Uh, yeah. Also, season two has begun filming of Star Trek Picard, the showrunner confirms. I have not watched the show. I have it on Steelbook Blu-ray. I'll probably make a video about that on my Pop Culture Omniversa channel, but you'll have to see that down the road. I, I have not watched it yet. In fact, I'm still... I'm, I'm like... Okay, this is probably the weirdest thing about my relationship when it comes to Star Trek. I probably would look at it like I look at Star Wars, how much it would mean to me. But because it came into the game so late, I just have less of a passionate reason to just really watch it. Whereas if I did it with Star Wars, I would watch it. Like, I wouldn't hesitate. But every time we were Star Trek, it feels like I want to watch it. But I never got into it when I was young enough when I could have been easily taking the time to watch it. And now I just procrastinate from watching it. There have also been conflicting reports about the character of Cara Dune getting recasted. Disney says, no, that's not happening. Some reports said there is going to be a recasting. No idea what's going on with that. I want Cara Dune, the character, to come back. I feel like there are enough people that can, that can, there are people in the world that look like another person, even though they're not genetically related. So they could recast her if they wanted to. So... Yeah, and concerning the circumstances, I think they should recast her in my mind. I could be very, very wrong, but yeah. Um, yeah. HBO executive Casey Boy says fan anticipation will decide which Game of Thrones spinoffs get greenlit going forward. Yeah. <laughs> so, initially they were going into production for the H- for the HBO prequel series The Long Night that would tell the tale of the story of Winter that, that lasted an entire generation. A pilot was shot with Naomi Watts starring, but HBO decided not to pick up the series. Now production of The House of Dragons centered around the early years of the Trigarian Dynasty is about to start pro- projected premiere date for 2022, well, along with several other spinoffs in development, including one based on the Martin's novellas, The Tales of Duncan Egg. And now they say that this will, and fan anticipation is the key factor in all this. Those who want to see season four of Stranger Things, it will be the darkest ever, says Finn Wolfhand. Yeah. They, the season was pushed back to shortly after filming started in 2020 due to, you know, a virus and all that. 
so yeah so we're so yeah season four of stranger things is set to be their darkest yet we'll have to see how that goes considering where they were teasing saying we're not in this area anymore we're not in man i have not watched the show in so long long i have completely forgot where where they took place at but they're saying we're, he, we're not in this place anymore and it looks like it's going to take place in the upside down a little bit more yeah i'm able to remember that hopkins uh, no wait hopkins man i am so screwed you know these fans can be very picky uh Oh man, Hawkins. I said Hopkins. I was close. So Hawkins, Indiana. Yeah, uh, they said we're not in Hawkins anymore. So yeah, that's gonna be interesting. Maybe they twist the world so much that more people get involved. Maybe the entire town will be dragged into this mess more than they were in the previous season, where we saw people actually die from men, women, and children, which I never talked about because it was because they had completely forgotten and I was working on other stuff. But yeah. There's also a Twisted Metal show reportedly in the works. Yeah, this is the first time hearing of it. And they will have Will Aaron be in the mo- be in the show, oh, being casted as Sweet Tooth. Yes. Oh man. So, yeah, Sweet Tooth, that character, the clown. I'm pretty sure my mom's gonna be terrified if she ever sees that. So anyways, we're going to go on a quick break, and then we'll be back after these messages. Stay tuned, everybody. We're back, everybody. And now we cut to Vince McMahon and, and his delusional insanity and probably illegal activities. Vince McMahon has now come out reportedly, according to Dave Meltzer, so take it with a grain of salt, that Vince McMahon says he does not see anything for Aleister Black and Andrade Cien Almas. I went on Twitter to voice my displeasure by saying, then freaking fire them. That's it. Fire them. If you have nothing for them, you either take them back to NXT like they kept requesting, specifically Black, after how you fired his wife in the most unjustly married history I've ever seen. The only way you could probably make that more is she expressed an opinion. But, yeah. Now, I said... Fire them if you have nothing for them instead of just wasting their careers away when they could be doing so much more somewhere else. But, yeah. And as that goes on, uh, MVP had suffered an injury on Raw, and he said he's on one good knee now. So, ouch, looks like the Hurt Business might be having an issue down the road. And there's also been a report that came out about how much the NXT superstars are being paid. And... Dave Meltzer discussed how much the NXT superstars are being paid and reported the likes of Adam Cole, Johnny Gargano, and Tommaso Ciampa are earning only over $75,000, but much less than $250,000 a year. One of the top stars is reportedly earning $130,000, but while NXT Finn Balor is reportedly being paid approximately $250,000 per year, her Melzer did not know if the talent on the black and gold brand were paid on a downside guarantee, but they traditionally pay superstars a set of guaranteed amount, and wrestlers earn more from house shows and merch sales. Alan Cole, Gargano, Chapa, above, according to Dave Melzer, say the above that 
$50,000, pay grade, but they're not getting the 250000 or 300000 or anything like that. Balor is saying, he says, Balor, I'm sure is, don't, I don't think anyone else, they're probably in the low 100000s I know of one of the top people who's been there for a long time, who should be making a ton, he's making 130000 and dollars and it's not like they're paying paid $250,000 to guys in NXT other than Balor. <sighs> God damn it. So this further continues the tie-in of the whole Vince McMahon does clearly not own his promises because back when NXT went on the USA Network, it was reported that, and this was, and I don't know if this was ever debunked or it just never went through or it didn't gain as much traction, that Vince McMahon was going to promise the NXT talent that you would start getting paid just like the main roster guys. That never happened. So, yeah, Vince, even after everything that has been going on, still does not see them as equals. Cody Rhodes, meanwhile, says there is no reason there couldn't be a potential WWE crossover event. Oh, oh, you poor man. That's never going to happen. Vince will rather kill somebody than ever work with AEW. You may have gotten the forbidden door open, but you will not convince Vince to partner with the, quote, enemy of state. So... Let's move on from that. Also, there was something else. If I say it, I'm going to be pissed, but let's just say it. Vince McMahon is now violating further social rights and with social media rights and third-party rights with the whole I am going to tell you what, what you can and can't post. Specifically, he's going to tell people this. This was reported by Wrestling Inc. WWE is issuing violations for people who ever who so much as do this. WWE is issuing violations to talent for tweets or Instagram posts naming any third-party businesses, person, brand, or charity. Okay. Congrats, Vince. You're a dictator. You continue to prove why you have failed in the art of being sane. Also, DuckTales is planning to end its series with a 90-minute series finale on March 15th. Hmm. Never watched the reboot, so uh, sorry about that, everyone, if you got offended. And there's going to be a new HBO Max series of Constantine. Jean Constantine. And they're recasting the character. <sighs> Why are they recasting his character? Like, the guy who plays him in the live-action CW Arrowverse universe is perfect. Who plays him in the DC anime universe? He's the perfect John Constantine. He sounds like the guy. He looks like the guy. Why can't he still be the actor? Why can't he still play the character? It's kind of annoying. So, yeah, I'm baffled by this. I don't know why they do this to me, man. I don't know why. I don't know why. But we'll have to see how that goes and see if they find someone who can even match the level of the previous actor. So, Justice League, the Snyder Cut, is going to have a black and white version. Yeah, Zack Snyder was, 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 is hyped for that. And he's calling it the Justice's Grey Edition. That's what he calls it. Okay, that's the thing. 
HBO Max is going to have Warner Media's expansion project for kids and family offerings on Cartoon Network and HBO Max and a new tagline, Redraw Your World. One of the big things that were mentioned is that Total Drama is coming back with two new seasons. After I just talked about this on Total Drama Reunions debacle on my Pop Culture Omniversa channel, I find this as cosmic coincidence. I'm not saying I had anything to do with it. I'm just a small YouTuber, so yeah. Ninja Gaiden and Master Collection has been announced for your consoles in Nintendo Switch. Returning with remastered versions of the Ninja Gaiden series, coming as a Master Collection edition announced for the Nintendo Switch, featuring all the characters you love and know, so get ready for that, everybody. EA has announced Knockout City from Mario Kart Live Home Circuit Developers. Hmm. <laughs> So, this EA announced Knockout City, a new multiplayer tactical team-based game that blends together dodgeball-inspired aspects as well as third-party shooter mechanics, third-person shooter mechanics, and... Yeah. Okay, that's the thing. Also returning to the franchise in the Dynasty Warriors subseries is Samurai Warriors 5, coming to this summer, especially on the Switch. Part of the Nintendo Direct presentation... I'm, I'm going to say Dynasty Wars has been my favorite franchise of all time. So, yeah, I'm not complaining. So, Zack Snyder is now saying, it's been criticizing the international distribution for Justice League. Saying it's not amazing. He spoke to the Snyder Cut BR YouTube channel. Oh, about his upcoming four-hour superhero cut. The director expressed his disappointment at how Warner Bros. is handling the movie launch outside of the U.S. For example, the U.K. trailer didn't reveal when the film would make its way to British shores, which is a far cry from the March 18th release setting in the U.S. HBO Max version of the trailer. Yeah, th that is kind of a problem. I When I first heard this, I was going to complain, but when I heard like how now the... Since they're now expanding more to the other places of the world, they should have dates set. Uh, yeah, that's kind of a problem. Marvel's Eternals, uh, explains that the, one of the cast members of the movie, um, the star of it, I can't pronounce the name, so I'm not going to say it, saying reveal how the director, Chloe Zhao, carefully selected the cast for the upcoming movie, he being part interviewed by Vulture, and what they said was, um, yeah, basically, she, she this the director chose these cast members based on the personalities and how it could feel for the characters. There's essentially saying how their personalities matches their characters and whatnot, and say, and she would pick them. So, okay, she wanted to judge them more on character and and, and personality. So, props to her. We'll have to see how Eternals is, but I'm hoping it's a pretty damn good film. They say it's going to be very different from the previous MCU movies. How it's directed, how it's how it's shot. Phenomenal stuff they're promising. Also, there's been a big pitch for Star Wars. In the comic universe, so remember how you get these event comics, right? You got these event comics, these build-up comics, these pre-comics, these established comics, building up all this big event. Like, the most famous one being Infinite Crisis, where they had the entire DC universe in some way or form have aspects that would lead into Infinite Crisis, like the Secret Society of Villains, the Injustice League, what happened in Identity Crisis, the Crisis of Conscience, 
And now they're doing it here. Star Wars is now going to have an event called War of the Bounty Hunters. This is a plan where it involved, so Charles Soleil pitched this idea back in 2019, saying this. He told StarWars.com this. Boba Fett clearly doesn't take Han Solo directly to Jabba's palace. Okay, here's what I'm just going to say. Now, I'm not going to say to the poll, we know where this is going to end. He's going to be in the hands of Jabba the Hutt. Yeah, we know that. My problem is... Why are they trying to make this bigger than it should actually be? <laughs> like, I'm probably going to be excited for this, but, like, every time I think he's doing a simple delivery mission, it's not like the Mandalorian where he chooses not to do the delivery and has too much of a conscience on him, whereas Boba Fett now is going to have, like, like he's going to trigger a whole bounty hunter war over this? It was a simple delivery job! How did this happen? Oh, God. So, yeah, they're going to have this event comic that's going to span a bunch of Star Wars original trilogy era titles. War of the Bounty Hunters is going to take place in multiple stories like Dr. Afara. They're going to take place in Darth Vader. It's going to take place in the Star Wars main comic. It's going to have some some pre-launch issues like Star War of the Bounty Hunters Alpha. So, Yeah. <laughs> Boba Fett somehow, in trying to deliver Jabba the Hutt's prize, launches a massive crime gang war. Only in stars, everybody, you could do the most simplest delivery job in the history of the galaxy, and you probably will blow up a planet in the process. Amazing, right? <laughs> Amazing. And the fact that treating this is like it's an event comic, like... Honestly, I would like this if this was a TV series. Give us more mafia politics. Just kind of seems like they're trying to recreate what Darth Maul was originally going to be in the sequel trilogy, where Darth Maul and Darth Talon team up and whatnot and do this whole mafia stuff, which I honestly kind of was interested in hearing. And just the Godfather meets Star Wars. That kind of sounds like a freaking awesome idea. But that's just my two cents. I, I We will probably never see the full script and treatment that was initially thought proposed. But yeah, this was this edition of Neo Reality Collective, the first edition of this week. Tune in for Sunday when we cover the last part of the week, week of news. So get ready for that, everybody. Hey, I'll see you all next time. Stay tuned for more content on your way. Check out my other YouTube channel content, which will be posted in the description of this podcast episode. Stay tuned for Anchor.fm. Donate, donate to the brand. See you all next time. Peace out. And stay. here's the outro for you all. Take care. Be sure to donate to the brand and keep up to date with additional content on YouTube channels such as Neo Reality Entertainment, NRE The Wrestleverse, and NRE Pop Culture Omniversa.